ability to uh, read from your word, gain wisdom, uh, figure out what your, uh, what, your, what your heart is for each and every one of us, what your desire is, what, what should we focus on, God. I pray that uh, you can uh, speak through me this morning, God, that you take uh, the uh, careless words out of my mouth and fill them with purpose, uh, give, give them meaning, and allow people to walk out of here inspired uh, because of your word, God. Thank you for uh, your spirit. I pray that I can have, uh, that you could fill me up with your spirit. Give me a, give me a double portion right now. Uh, thank you for all the ways you give, you've blessed us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Okay, so we've been reading uh, the cross of the Savior. Actually, we should be finished reading the cross of the Savior. Uh, it's okay, you know, I'll give an extension, but go ahead and, uh, you know, keep it going because it should be finished. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, so I'm going to be speaking from chapter 10, uh, which is titled, It Is Finished. Uh, and the idea is staying mission focused. That's what the chapter focused on. That's what the directive was. And it gave some great insights of just how Jesus finished his work here on this earth and how he just declared it. How he, the words came out of his mouth. It is finished. And it's very funny that today is Super Bowl Sunday. Um, it's almost like I built it that way. Um, that, uh, th- because this is the finish of the NFL season. It's the big game. You know, we've got two teams. We've got the, you know, we got the Rams. We got the Patriots. Um, it's turning into just the Patriots versus whoever. Um, you know, and Tom Brady will live forever and all that stuff. But, you know, and it's funny how the season ends and you have one ultimate winner and one close but no cigar loser. Um, so, you know, you got teams in complete, you know, elation, happiness, joy, and you've got other teams, you know, maybe just just sunk down on the floor, kind of crying. I mean, this is when grown men cry. This is when they express, te- when tears come out of their face, you know, and it, and it's just, can, I mean, and it's really sad. You know, you can have one team just sad and another team happy. Um, and so, you know, I mean, if you guys remember it from last year, this can be, this can be one of you guys. So go ahead and play the, the first video. Well, there's the sadness, but... Uh, yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll move on from that. that. I was like that. That was me for that Super Bowl. I was, I was on my knees. I was, I was in a dark room by myself, <laughs> waiting for all the Patriots fans to leave the party. So you're either like this, or you could be like this. Go ahead and... Uh... It's not playing. Oh, there we go. Upon a star makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. Nick Foles, you and the Philadelphia Eagles have just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do next? I'm going to Disney World. See, that's why they play the game, because they get to go to Disney World. And then, you know, if, you know, if you'd rather just not feel the pain of losing and just always feel the joy of winning, you can be like this guy. (laughs) 
bring both, buy, buy two jerseys, buy two jerseys, and you can always be a winner. It's great. You know, and I, and you know, there's, there's lots of reasons why we watch the Super Bowl. Some people are really excited about football. That's me. Uh, other people are really excited about the halftime show. That's me and, and Daniel. Um, Daniel actually believes that they're just setting up an elaborate so that we can have a Maroon 5 concert. Um, it's not, there's, football is just a distraction. And then other people are there for the commercials and the food and, and you know, and the party aspect of it. And it's great. You know, the, you, it's kind of cool how we can all celebrate the end of the NFL season together. And so, but with this idea of being finished, you know, Jesus was completed his work, you know, it, and it's funny about football that you could be overjoyed, but then the next season starts in a few months, and a few months after that, and you got to start training, you got to start getting ready for the season to start, and it just starts all over again. It's like it doesn't even matter or something. Um, you know, and, and you also have the losing team that just has to get right back on and be motivated and start the season over again. So it's this idea that th- whether it's a win or a loss, you still have to move forward. And so that's kind of a cool thing about football for me is that you've got to immediately, like what I talked about last time, you just got to immediately start over. Everything has to reset. You know, you got to stay focused. And, you know, Let's go to the, let's, we'll go ahead and go to the verse here where Jesus says it is finished in John 19. And what was, what was he, what initiated that finality? What initiated the end of Jesus saying it is finished? And so here in John 19, starting in verse 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and there was a sponge, with, and they filled a sponge with the sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. And so here we have Jesus on the cross, and what, what initiated the finish? What, what, initi- what allowed him to say, okay, I'm done? It was the word of God being fulfilled. It was his mission, his focus, all, everything that his life had led up to being completed. You know, all the prophecies, you know, the, however many prophecies there are about Jesus were completed, were, were, were proved to be true. The truth of God was revealed through him. So much so that just random people standing by, you know, the Roman centurions who didn't really know any of the prophecies were just like, that guy was who he said he was. That was powerful. You know, it, it just... Anybody can tell. And so what should be the finish line for us? You know, how, how should, what, what should we view as the finish line? Should it, be, should it be retirement? You know, should it be when all of our kids move out of our house? Should it be when we've, you know, when it's time, when we don't have enough energy to, you know, walk on our own? Or what, what, what should be the finish point for us? What, what is our goal? Well, I think our goal should be to imitate Jesus and so what, what was Jesus' purpose here on earth? We can gain a lot of insight from that. And so let's go see what that was. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. Figure out what Jesus' purpose was. And so in Luke chapter 4, um, he had come home to uh, Bethlehem after being tempted in the desert for 40 days. Uh, after he got fasted for 40 days, he was tempted for a short period. And he comes back to Bethlehem he gets up to read in the temple, you know, in the synagogue, as was his custom. 
and they handed him the scroll of Isaiah. He opens up the scroll, he knows exactly where he wants to go, and he brings up this scripture. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This was Jesus' mission. And I love how the book puts it at that, because for me, I've always thought, oh, Jesus, from the minute he was born, he kind of knew that he was the one, that he was God, that he was, you know, all this stuff. And sure, that, that, that could be kind of cool, but I, I just can't see a baby being like, I'm the Messiah, you know, like, <laughs> just doesn't really match up. But the way the, way the, the way the book put it is that he learned over time that he was the chosen one, the chosen one. He was the one the prophecies were talking about. You know, he learned from the scriptures. And, you know, in this moment, he is basically declaring, like, my mission has begun. I'm starting. You know, I, I have built up this foundation of scripture, of prayer, of fasting, of connection with God, and I'm ready to start. I'm ready to go full force into it. And he told everybody and it was met with mixed reviews. Actually, probably very consistently negative reviews. They tried to throw him off a cliff after he said this. Um, luckily, Jesus is like a ninja. He can just literally like sneak through the crowd and get away. But Jesus' purpose started here. And from here on, he is laser-focused on what he wants to accomplish. He is, he is going after it. And, but it started with the word. It started with the scroll of Isaiah. And my question is for you guys. Does the word instill you with that same purpose that Jesus found? Did, did, do you open your scroll? Do you open your Bible every morning and search for purpose, for meaning? Do you allow it to inspire you to say, wow, this is great stuff. I need to be working hard for this. God has entrusted me with, with this great Treasure, you know, as 2 Corinthians 4 talks about, treasure in a jar of clay, this fragile body. God's given us this treasure and put it inside of us. Do we, have, do we read the Bible and say, man, I've got a responsibility. I've got, I've got duties. I've got to go after this. I can't just tack this on at the end of the day or when I eat food or, you know, or whatever, whenever we feel like we're supposed to connect with God. For Jesus, it was an every day I wake up, I eat, breathe, and sleep my connection with God because I've got a job to do. I've got focus. You know, and, and when you sit down and read your Bible, is it like that? You know, for me, I, I could just, just thinking of scriptures for this, the, the scriptures that have been on my heart for the last, you know, 10 years or so as I've been a disciple. You know, I think of 2 Timothy 1. You know, verses six and sevens. For this very reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. For the spirit of God is not, a, you know, a timid one, but, uh, but it is a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. You know, that gives me, some, that, that gives me some, some power right there. That gives me some strength. Like, man, I don't, I don't need to give in to fear. I could be courageous. I could go after this. I could be self-disciplined, which I'm still working on. We'll get there. But it's a constant process. It's fanning into flame. The, 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 the burning desire is there. We just need to ignite it. You know, and does the word ignite that in you? You know, I think of Psalm 73, which at the end where it says, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. 
I will tell all of your deeds. Uh, Just the psalmist having this back and forth mentality of Psalm 73 of just, of man, did I choose the right path? Is God truly my God? Because the evil, they're, they're, they're profiting. They're doing great. They've got no worries. And, but me, I'm, almost, I'm slipping here. But no, he makes the conclusion, though, it is good to be near God. It is good to be in his sanctuary. It's good to serve him because I know my final resting place, which is in heaven. And then finally, scripture that I just have to almost read on a daily basis, it is Hebrews thirteen six, which is so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Mere mortals, man, that, that, that just gives it like, yes, I don't serve a mere mortal, I serve God, let's go, like, yes, no, you mere mortals, get out of my face, I don't need to worry about you guys, like, I've got God on my side, get out of my way, and it just, and I've, and I've got, those three scriptures just get me ready, they get me ready to go, serve God in every way possible, and, but it's not, it's not just a personal thing, though, because if I'm going out to serve God, what I'm really doing is going out to serve others. You know, giving, giving others that purpose, showing others the, the way to God. And that's what Jesus did with his life. So I know that's what I'm supposed to be doing because that's what Jesus did. Look at what Jesus prayed, you know, in John 17. We'll go here real quick. John 17, it's, he's praying about his disciples, about the people that he spent his, you know, three years of ministry from when he first started in, you know, when he read the book of Isaiah. It says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, for them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. It's, it's just this constant passing on of the torch. You know, Jesus said it's finished, but it, but for that, it started for the disciples, you know, and they passed it on. You know, you just think about the people, okay, who, who helped me become a disciple? You know, someone helped them become a disciple. And someone helped them. And someone helped them. It's kind of, sometimes it's kind of crazy in a, in a, in a big church of just saying like, hey, who, who helped you become a disciple? Okay, that person stands up. Who, you know, who, who's, you know, and just seeing the web, seeing the, the, the connections that, that are in the room and the, and the legacy that that builds. You know, I've learned from my, from my family that I'm sixth generation Church of Christ which is, I just am like, that's far back. You know, that's a long way. That's a long strand of, I hope I don't mess it up or something. You know, I'm like, that's a long, you know, my grandfather was an elder. My dad is now an elder. It's just kind of, ah, you know, but it's supposed to be passed on. You know, it's supposed to be given to the next generation. And when you do pass it on, everyone gets more excited. They get more inspired. You get more mission focused. Look at the, look at the disciples' responses in Luke 10. This is when, they, when he sent out the 72 and taught them how to go and evangelize, they returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They were excited. And later on in that chapter, Jesus was excited. He was filled with joy from the Holy Spirit. He was like, yes, I see Satan falling from heaven. Like, man, this is awesome. Like, we're working it. You know, we're passing the inspiration on. We're passing the focus, the mission. The, it, it's just continued to, to leave a legacy because it's not supposed to stop with us. You know, it's not, it's not supposed to be finished with us. 
the reason Jesus was able to say it was finished because he knew Peter was going to carry it on. He knew, uh, he knew James was going to carry it on. He knew Matthew. He knew all these guys were going to carry it on and pass it to the world so he could say, all right, I can go now. It's finished. You know, it wasn't just the, I got to do everything that I, got, that I wanted to do and I fulfilled, you know, and I lived very comfy, happy life and my children love me. It, it, you know, it, it was much bigger than that for Jesus. You know, he didn't even have time for children. He was just, I have to, I have this focus. I have this mission. You know, and, and there was another thing in Isaiah that he talked about was to, to, to help the poor. Not only the poor in spirit, but the poor, you know, and literally, you know. And there was, a, there was a news story that popped up that I just wanted to share with you guys of someone who, who, is, who is extremely mission-focused. And this is Candace Payne. She's a real estate agent in Chicago. And, you know, this past week, Chicago got just destroyed by a polar vortex. I mean, it was at, some, at one point in, in one of the days, it was colder in Chicago than it was in Antarctica. <laughs> it's, it was freezing. It was sub-freezing. It was to the point where Fahrenheit and Celsius were the same. I, <laughs> it was cold, guys. It was so cold. And, you know, most people are just like, all right, let's get some bread, let's get some water, let's get some milk, and we'll all huddle together and start a fire and catch up on Netflix, and it'll be a lot of fun. No, she said, she thought, somebody's sleeping out in the cold tonight, and they're not going to make it. So let me call up a hotel book 30 rooms, blast out on my Instagram, you know, I have a place to stay for homeless people. Help, you know, just get me, get me, the, get me their numbers, have them send me messages. I'll make sure they have a place to sleep tonight. You know, it caught on. Her real estate agents started helping her out. The community started responding. Salvation Army got involved. They donated clothes. They got food. And they saved over 100 people. Like, literally saved them. If they were not in a hotel room, they would have died. Because it was that cold. They said that if you spent more than 10 minutes outside in this cold, you'd start to feel the effects. Even if you were covered up. I mean, it was so cold, guys. But she didn't think, oh, I've got to protect myself. I've got to make sure I'm good. Because she knew she was fine. She knew she had a, a home with heating and, and comfort and blankets and stuff, but she said, no, there's some people who don't. And that's the mindset I'm talking about. That's the mission focus that Jesus had. Not just, okay, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be protected? Am I going to be taken care of? It was, no, no, no. Is everyone else taken care of first? Am I, am, am, am I on this world for, for me or am I on this world for other people? And if we look at, you know, if we look at Scripture... It's definitely not, it's definitely not just, and there's a picture of, of you know, her, him, her meeting these people that she helped put in these hotel rooms. It's, it's a crazy story, guys. I would read up on it. It's very, it's very, very, very inspiring. And so my question for you, do you see every situation as an opportunity to carry out the mission God has, has given you? Do you go into new situations and think, Okay, I got to make sure I'm comfortable. I got to make sure I'm set up. And then I'll be able, once I'm very comfortable, I'll be able to reach out or be able to help people or whatever. You know, do you still view, you know, your, your kids' soccer games as opportunities to reach out with people? 
Do you wait just for the church to set up something to go and help out the poor before you go do that? Or, or is every time you give to the poor just you writing a check? Because that's good. I'm not saying stop doing that. But I'm saying we're in a huge city, guys. <laughs> if we're the DFW church, we've got DFW homeless people, people that are, that are bumping around from shelter to shelter that need our help. Whether it's a meal, whether it's an encouragement, you know, I know the campus and we, we like to go to the, uh, to the outreach center and, or, and, and, and babysit the kids for a couple hours. It's, it's great. The kids love it. The parents are just like, finally, thank you for taking them off my hands. And it's, and it's encouraging. But it's like, literally, guys, it's the least that we can do. It's so easy to do that. But do you view every... You know, what about your hobbies? Do you use those to share the message of God with people that you do? You know, I, I respect Antoine a lot because he uses his dancing as an opportunity to reach out for people. He cares so much about it. You just talk to him for five minutes. He'll explain how much it means to him and how much he wants to make a difference in that area. I'm so excited. You know, I'm so inspired by you, man. You know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm inspired by so many other, so many people as well that use, you know, uh, Jason Williams, who, who gave us the idea to go down to this outreach center, you know, who constantly is there. They know him. Like when you went, you know, they, they know him when they walk, when he walks in the door there to help out and he makes an impact, you know, and, and just so many other people who, who just have outreach on their mind to help the poor guys, we just need to be more, more mission focused because we're not finished here. It's not done. You know, another scripture I'll give you is is in Ephesians 5. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Be very careful then how you live. This isn't saying (laughs) shelter up, get comfort, seek comfort, you know, be comfy. This is more saying be careful because you could slip into sin. You can slip into evil thoughts, selfish, unrighteous things. Be very wise. The days are evil. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Stay mission focused, no matter how long into life you are. Um, I mentioned my grandfather earlier. Um, he, um, he's, had, um, <clears throat> he's had three wives pass, pass away from cancer. Um, and he went after the third one, he, uh, he, he had to move into a retirement home. He wasn't able to uh, live in his own house anymore. And he wanted to be near my, uh, my aunt, so he moved to Cincinnati and, uh, you know, connected with the church over, uh, out there. And he, you know, sitting in this retirement home, and, you know, I can't even imagine his mindset of just that much loss in his life to think, okay, this is, this is it for me. You know, he could easily declare it is finished. But he went into this retirement home, decided to go to a Bible discussion, that, that the, the Bible study lesson, whatever, in the, in the retirement home. And he sat down, he participated for a few weeks, and they got around, you know, one, one discussion was talking about John 3. And they were talking about John 3, and they were talking about all the, you know, encouraging stuff, but they skip over the baptism part. They just skip right over it. And he was just like, did I read that right? You know, it's like, did, did you guys just, and then he, you know, at the end of the discussion, he raises his hand and says, hey, I, you know, I've been coming here for a few weeks. This has been a great discussion for me, great Bible study, but I noticed you guys skipped over this part. 
you know, why, why is that? Oh that's, oh, that's not really what we wanted to focus on this week. You know, we just wanted to talk about the other things in John 3. And he's like, okay, okay. And after the discussion was over, the leader of the Bible study came over and says, you know, uh, this is like a women's only Bible discussion. So we feel really uncomfortable with you being here. Um, if, you know, and, 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 we, and we don't want to exclude you, but it is a women's only discussion. And he was like, okay, okay. So he went up to the front desk, the, or, the organizations, the, 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 the event planning people, and he said, I'd like to start my own Bible study, please. <laughs> How can I get flyers to get out there? <laughs> you know, it's like, because they're not talking about the Bible. You know? <laughs> and it was, it was, it, it was cool to hear. I, I, was just, oh, I was just blown away by that story. You can go into a retirement home and think, I've gone out to pasture. I'm good to go. Or you can have the mindset and genesis of no. I'm still just as, just as spirited as I was in my younger years. Give me this hill country. Make the most of every opportunity. Stay mission focused. You know, reach out to the people in your classes, in your jobs, and on your children's event stuff. You know, the, whatever it is. View every single opportunity. Not as, not as oh, I, oh, okay, I just got to reach out to people. No. Proclaim the good news. It is good news. That's what Jesus' focus was, was to pro- proclaim the good news. Set people free. You're not just doing this because it's a checklist thing. If you're truly inspired by the word, if you're truly inspired by the opportunities God has given you, you will go into new situations and say, how can I serve? How can I meet these people's needs? And then show them the, the, the ultimate need that can be met through God. That should be the mindset. That's what it means to be mission focused, um, and that's what and, you know. And that's why Jesus was able to say, "It is finished," because he did his job. He did. He accomplished his goals, and you know, and I bet he was tempted to say it was finished a lot earlier in the process than that too. I mean, we were talking. He was hours on the cross at that point, and he was just looking around. Who else can I meet? Oh, you. You want to be in with me in paradise one day? All right, you'll be in with me in paradise today. Um, let's see here. Okay, mom, there's your son. Hey, hey, John, there's your mom now. Okay, who else can I meet? You know, oh, father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Mm, what else here? Oh, yeah, there was, there, was this, uh, there was this prophecy about some wine or something. Yeah, get some wine. I'm thirsty. You know, let me drink it real quick. Okay, that, that, that prophecy was accomplished. Okay, I think, I, I think I'm good now. It, it's like, what? Like, come on. Like, that's so much focus. It's focused throughout the good. It's focused throughout the bad. You know, it's, it's that focus of just the next, what's next? What's next? And it's just, it's just crazy. But Jesus reflected that so much, and that's why he could say with confidence, it is finished. And so, if we're going to, if we're going to tie this to communion, because obviously it is in step with communion, you know, because Jesus was preparing his mind for the finish. So, communion should be, in a sense, jumpstart, kickstarting our, our mindset towards the finish, getting ourselves back to that focus that we're talking about. And so let's, Jesus had some great things to say in Luke 22 about this. You know, he had just finished breaking the bread, passing around, but he had kind of, you know, told them that, hey, someone's going to betray me. I'm going to have to die. Someone has to betray me. 
So, of course, you know, the disciples being the super spiritual people that they are, started bickering about who's going to be the greatest. And, oh, I won't betray him. It's going to be you. I bet it's you. you yeah, I know you, I know you haven't been praying today. You know, it, it, they, they start bickering. And Jesus is just like, guys, you're missing the point. You're missing it. It's not about who, what, what we accomplish here on this earth. You know, the, Genti- the, the, the Gentiles, you know, they've been lorded, the Pharisees lorded over these people, their, their greatness and their awesomeness and their power and their ability to use scripture. But you should be different. You know, he says, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. And I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me. So that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. This is some, this, he's trying to get them focused. And he's doing it at the dinner table at the Last Supper, at the Passover meal. And he's trying to tell them, I'm going to die. I have to be sacrificed. I am the lamb. I'm the blood that's going to be put on the doorway. I'm, I'm that lamb. And they just don't get it. But he doesn't get frustrated. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, be like, I did this all for nothing. You guys are jerks. I'm leaving. He didn't do that. What he said is, no, guys, it's not about this. It's not about being the greatest. You know, it's about serving. It's about, it's a, you know, you might think it's the one at the head of the table, but it's not. It's the one who serves. And Jesus could have said this, and if he hadn't been living in this out his whole life, the disciples would have been like, no, what? No, you, you haven't, you haven't reflected. But his life was so reflective of that. You know, washing their feet, waking up early to pray, uh, feeding 5,000 people, healing the sick, giving, expending himself over and over and over again, all of his effort just to meet people's needs. I'm sure this just snapped all the arguments. Just they, they all, their focus just was like, oh my gosh, yes. And, and they, they made some statements about, oh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll, go, to, we'll go die with you. We'll go to jail. We'll, we'll do whatever. And he's just like, okay, I, I know that your heart's in the right place. But he knew the outcome. And Jesus still was laser focused, despite that. He still was just teaching them, trying to, fo- trying to get them, you know, in the garden. Like, you're, you, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Just pray. Just pray, rely on God. Because he knew just he wasn't going to be around forever. He, he knew his job would be finished and he needed to make sure his disciples will live it out. And so as we're taking, you know, the bread and drinking from the cup, um, it's important for us to think, what, what, what is our mission here? What is my mission this week? What is my wish, mission today? What does God want me to do? How can I find inspiration from the scriptures more? I need to talk to him more, pray I need to be in constant prayer. And I need to pass it on to people. I need to share my, my mission focus, my vision with other people. Um, this is a great room to do that in. You, you, you've woken up early to get here to hear God's word preached. 
I know you have this, this in you. And so let's, let's focus on that as we take communion. So let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Uh, thank you for communion. Oh, what an amazing thing we get to do every week um, to be able to connect with your scripture, to be able to imitate Jesus, to be able to remember the sacrifice that makes this, uh, this life possible. Thank you for all the ways that you've blessed us. Thank you for entrusting us with this goal, this mission, this uh, objective. Um, God, and I pray that we can all have that moment at the end of our lives to know that we uh, accomplished the mission, you know, to know that we lived a life that was uh, totally for you. And um, thank you for Jesus again, God. It's in his name that I pray. Amen.